Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. The issue of assault has been brought back into the public eye after Minister Josepha Madigan told her story of being a survivor of sexual assault. She told the doll that the unfinished democracy in Ireland is when it comes to the representation and treatment of women. And also separately, a new scheme has recently been launched in the UK for hairdressers to train in recognising the signs of domestic abuse in their clients. So should the same happen here? Well, our friend Miriam Duffy from Rape Crisis Midwest based in Limerick joins me now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Just before we get to the wider issue, this idea of a scheme in the UK where hairdressers can be trained to recognise the signs of domestic abuse, an interesting one. Could it be effective here? Um, I certainly think it could be. And Joe, you know me of old, that basically I would be fully in support of training anybody that might be in first point of contact for anybody who might receive a disclosure of domestic or sexual violence. Um, they may never experience it, but I, to, to, to train people is, I would support any kind of training for any profession that possibly could be in, in, in the first line, you know? This just to explain the context. This was first launched in the US by salon owner and domestic abuse survivor herself, Suzanne Post, and the training program developed to help those in the beauty industry spot if someone is being abused. It's commonly known as Sheer Haven, and hairdressers and beauticians will complete a number of twenty-minute online courses before being tested and getting a cert if they pass. And I suppose it's on the basis that that's a point of interaction. And uh, it's where people do have a tendency to chat, isn't it? It is, because, I mean, like, you know, the normal thing when you're sitting in a hairdresser is if, you, if it's a new hairdresser or somebody you're not familiar with, the chat could be like, where are you going on your holidays? What are you doing for the weekend? Blah, 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 blah. But if it's somebody that you're going to every four to six weeks over a period of time, a relationship builds up there, you know, and... Definitely, you know, confidences are shared. Um, but I think the key thing is, you know, for anybody that is in that line of work, it's when they do a training on stuff like this in even recognizing the signs, understanding the impact of domestic or sexual violence. But it's also about making the person that is on the receiving end of it comfortable with receiving the disclosure. Yes. Because, you know, in in the wider thing, you know, anybody that gets, you know, be it a friend, a family member, or somebody that sits you down and starts to tell you something has happened to them, I think the gut instinct in the person that's hearing this is to kind of say, oh my God, you know, you have huge sympathy, you have empathy, you have whatever, but there's somewhere inside you is, why are they telling me this? Um, You know, and then there is, Sometimes the person that the, the events have been disclosed to has a feeling that they have to do something about it. And it's reassuring them that, no, they don't. Initially, just listen and believe. Yeah, yeah. Listen and believe. Then you can hold that person's hand while ye both maybe go and find where would be the next step. What would be the best thing to do? Where to sign post? So it's about... And I think when when 
people do experience or have that kind of training, it actually opens up the discussion a bit wider in the general public as well. People become more comfortable out there talking yeah. about it. We're chatting to Miriam Duffy from Rape Crisis Midwest based in Limerick. And interestingly enough, Anne-Marie's just reminding me here that we had a guy on the show a few years ago and he said on air live that his wife is a different woman when she comes back after getting her hair done. It's not about the hair. He said it was like seeing a therapist. They chatted about everything. Um, and the other slight concern, I suppose, is will the training that we're talking about for hairstylists help them with the burden because sometimes it will just be that conversation and they actually won't get permission from the person to carry it forward to a complaint, um, uh, Miriam. Exactly. And that's that's what I mean. Like the training would also help them to deal with that and that expectation that now they've been given this piece of information, they cannot go any further with this without the person's permission. But... For, you know, and as I kind of said, you know, we provide a service for supporters of people who are supporting victims. Um, so they can always ring us and talk to us and, you know, we will help them deal with that type of stuff as well. And, and on the wider issue then, how important is it that high profile figures like Minister Josepha Madigan tell their stories as survivors of sexual assault. And she also made the point, you know, very worryingly, really, that many, many, many women will recognise from their own experience what she was talking about. I, I think it's, it's true. And I, like, I have no statistics or anything to back this up. But I do know, see, global statistics will always come up with the figure that two or three out of five women some point in their life will experience some form of domestic or sexual violence. Now, Joe, you know me of old. I've been nearly 35 years in this business between the Refuge in Limerick and the Rape Crisis Centre here. I have yet to meet a woman, personally, through my family, through my friends, that has not experienced some form of sexual harassment. Are you serious? Yeah. But no matter how minor it is, you know, but it's out there. I, you know, when I get... when um, maybe You have yet to meet a woman. I have yet to meet a woman that would actually sit in front of me and say, nothing like that has ever happened to me in my life. Because when you start to talk about it, they will then kind of say, well, yeah, there was... Oh, yeah, and then there was that other time, and then there was that other time. But because they weren't sort of maybe full-on sexual assaults, full-on rapes, it was maybe sexual harassment in the workplace or from a colleague or friend or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's naming it for what it is, even if it wasn't, say, major enough to maybe take a criminal case against, but that it's there. It's it's underlying in society. And do you think that it's changed at all for younger women or are they still experiencing it as modern and as advanced as we think our society is? I think they are and I think they are experiencing a very different kind of abuse to what, say, would have been around in my day in that it's more con if you like, the society has changed drastically. And one of the things that I, I, I've always kind of said, like when I was a young one of 15 or 16, 
What was pornography in my day is now mainstream advertising. Pornography has moved into a whole other realm. And unfortunately, because of the lack of proper sexual education in schools, because of our our inability as a society in the main to talk openly to our children, the vast majority of them, male and female, are learning about sex and porn. And it's giving right. them a warped but Miriam, I mean, I mean, what you say is absolutely fascinating and, and horrifying, but it, it almost sounds as though the majority of men in the country should be behind bars. No, I'm not saying that. No, I'm, 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 I'm actually not being, I'm not no. actually being smart, Miriam. No. I'm not, I'm not being smart when I say that. Because if, if you are saying that every single woman that you have come across, every woman you've come across has experienced something like this, well, you know, somebody must be doing it. Exactly. But I mean, like I, I, I'm reminded there well before lockdown, I was down in with you in, in Life 95 and we were having a discussion about, I think it was that there had been attacks on young girls in Connell Street. Um, they were being grabbed and groped. And after the session, there was a couple of us there and we were kind of talking, some of the girls there, and we were talking about and they were kind of saying it happens all the time in nightclubs and stuff like that. And we were talking about how sort of when it happens, usually the woman's reaction is to kind of shrink into herself and kind of get away. And we were just kind of saying, like, I wonder what it would be like if somebody grabbed you inappropriately in a nightclub if you screamed. And one of the girls laughed and said there'd be no, no music heard over the screaming. That it would be consistent. You know, it's it's that prevalent. So it is that kind of thing. And, you know, it on and... In, in saying that it is that bad, it is changing because, as I say, you know, young women are being more overt in kind of saying, no, I'm not having that. Yeah. But it is, you know, so I, I'm not saying it's pessimism left, right and centre, but I'm kind it's of saying it's not. a pretty depressing story you're telling there now, this morning. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not being smart. It is that is that's pretty. That is pretty, pretty dystopian. Well, do you know? It's it's not that it's kind of dystopian or dystopian at at this particular point in time either, because it is something. And this is what I'm kind of saying. Like you know, it is like the the risk of being sexually assaulted or a victim of domestic violence, your major risk factor is that you're a woman. Right. I'm sorry, just be very clear, I don't doubt you for a moment, but I just, it's just horrendous stuff. And it is, and again... The biggest risk factor is that you're a woman, and every woman that you know has experienced it. In some way, shape or form, as I say, I have yet. And like, this is me, I suppose, talking in conversation with even friends, you know, over the dinner table and stuff like that. And somebody actually kind of saying like, yeah, you do great work, Miriam. But, you know, thanks be to God, nothing like that has ever happened to me. And I would kind of like, if I dig into it and I kind of say, okay, you never have been attacked, raped, you've never needed a forensic medical examination, you've never done this, that or the other thing. but you know, were you ever touched inappropriately? Were you ever, were you ever made feel uncomfortable by overt sexual 
harassment, intimidation, and kind of saying like, oh my God, I'm getting out of here quick. And it is that kind of permanent, like, women aren't stupid. We have that built-in radar too, you know. Mm. And it is that kind of thing that, like, when, say, you're out in public and somebody kind of gets a, nah, you creep, creep, stay away from him, <laughs> you know. There's probably a very, very valid reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds like we have a long, long way to go anyway. That's that's for sure. That's we for sure. certainly have. Long we certainly have. And as I say, like, literally, and the thing about, say, Josephus speaking out and somebody, you know, that like when people do speak out, it can trigger stuff in other people that maybe they have buried. So, again, Joe, the helpline here is 1-800-311-511 if anybody wants to pick up the phone and have a chat. Okay. At oh. the moment, because a lot of us are still working remotely, it'll probably be, be me that answers the phone. Right. I understand. All right. Listen, always educational and interesting to talk to you. Thank you very much. Miriam Duffy there from Rape Crisis Midwest based in Limerick. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.